Constitution Day, we are chatting with Lisa Malcolm Prey about her journey to becoming an American citizen and how core knowledge played a small part in it. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Lisa Malcolm Prey, and Lisa comes from us comes to us from Brevard, North Carolina. Um, I've known Lisa for a close to a decade now. Um, her and I worked together uh, at in a charter network um, when she worked at Brevard Academy. Lisa, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Kristen. I'm happy to be here. So. I wanted to have Lisa on the program because she has a, an amazing story about how she became an American citizen. You might you might be able to tell from um, when Lisa just said hello that she is not native to the United <laughs> States, but rather from Australia. Um, so Lisa, I'd like to have you just start um, by telling us a little bit about your story um, about how you came to the United States and then your journey to become an American citizen. Okay, so um, um, I was actually born in New Zealand. My dad's a um, originally um, from New Zealand and my mom's Australian. I was born in New Zealand and um, we moved, my family moved to Australia when I was five years old. And um, I... So my schooling and all my education was done in Australia and um, lost my New Zealand accent pretty quickly and very much became an Australian, became an Australian citizen when I was 15. And so um, where I'm, I'm really proud of my New Zealand heritage as well, I consider myself um, Australian as far as my background goes. Um, I think it's the Australian culture and and um, part of those traditions that I've really grown up with. So um, when I graduated from college, I had some teacher friends that were um, wanting to do some traveling. It was early 90s. Um, you still find a lot of Australians doing this. We, we do our schooling and then often jump on a plane and head off and do some travel and they call it going walkabout. So, um, so we packed our backpacks and we um, went off to um, London and we taught and we traveled as much as our budgets would allow and, um, and had a lot of fun. And one of those, one of my roommates at the time when I was living in London had done a stint as a camp counselor um, in the United States um, one summer. And I thought, that sounds really fun. I could work. I could visit the United States. I could work as a camp counselor and have some fun and then, um, you know, use some of the salary that I earned to travel around the United States. So I did that. Um, and I, um, that's what originally brought me to North Carolina, where I live in Western North Carolina. There's a lot of summer camps. And, um, and so that's what originally brought me to this area. And I enjoyed it so much. I signed up to do it again the following summer after that. And, um, and then I went home back to Australia and I taught for a little bit there. And um, just out of the blue, my, um, my old boss at my camp um, contacted me and said, do you want to do come over and do like an 18 month thing? Um, and um, we need some help with our management and recruiting. And this might give you a chance to learn the camping industry if you're interested. And um, I thought, 
why not? <laughs> this sounds like a great opportunity and it's just for 18 months. So I, um, so I came over and, and did that and, and took a break from the classroom and, and enjoyed really working and learning about the camping industry. And, um, and that was, what, 20-something years ago, 18 months has turned into, um, turn, turned into where I want my journey to end, really. I met my husband while I was over here and um, decided to stay and raise my family. Um, so, so that's really what brought me to, to North Carolina. Um, and then after, um, after the 18 months was up, um, there was a charter school that, um, was opening up in Brevard. That was Brevard Academy kind of coincidentally was opening up right when I was ending my 18 months thing. And that's, um, and they offered me a job. I, I went and talk, spoke to the school director and she offered me a job. And and um, and that's kind of what kept me here as well. I thought, well, I'll do a little teaching. And and um, that's when I met my husband and got married and, and have ended up staying in this area. Yeah. So Brevard Academy utilized core knowledge back yes. in the day where we didn't have any materials and you had to create all your own lessons. Right. <laughs> the good old days or the bad old days. Um, and so you you were teaching at a core knowledge school um, and it became part of a chartered network. And, yes. And through that, we would have these conferences. And I think mm-hmm. at the conference that you started to realize that maybe you wanted to become an American citizen? Yeah, that's it exactly, really. I, um, you know, at camp, at summer camp, every morning, um, I was at a, a, a camp that was very traditional and every morning they would have a flag raising. I, this might happen at other camps as well, but at, at the camp I was at every morning, they did a roll call where everyone would meet on the green and they had a flag raising. And and part of that was saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And um, at that time, of course, I wasn't an American citizen. And so um, we, uh, it, there, there is a lot of international staff. We were encouraged just to stand respectfully. And I, I loved that tradition of that. Um, that's kind of when I was first introduced to the, the Pledge of Allegiance. And so I, I would stand and watch and listen to that, you know, every day for nine weeks. And I guess I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed the tradition of that and the patriotism of that. Um, And then when I started teaching, it was part of my day as well. Our school said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. And and one of my students, and while my kids said it, I would just stand respectfully. And one day, um, I was teaching fifth grade, one day one of my students said, "Um, why don't you say it? And I said, well, I'm not a citizen. And so I just um, I just listen as you say it. And looking back on that, I really, I kind of kick myself now because I, that was, I missed a great um, teaching opportunity there. Um, that should have been a time where I sat down with my class and talked about what the Pledge of Allegiance means and what it means to say it. And, um, and I didn't. And obviously at that point, I didn't get it. You know, looking back at that at it now, I didn't really get the significance of that. 
So, um, you know, time was going on. And um, at that point, I'd been living in the United States as a permanent resident. I was married to my husband and I was um, I had a green card and was a permanent resident. And we talked about citizenship. Um, but I really I felt like um, if I if I become an American citizen, I'm turning my back on my family and my Australian heritage and and um, I didn't really see that I can be an American citizen and still love my Australian heritage and still appreciate what um, what that country and those traditions and that culture did for me. Um, but I didn't see it at that point. But I did was was kind of playing with the idea maybe I should become an American citizen because it was clear that this is where I was going to live. Um, so it was at, so this was kind of in my mind, but I wasn't really ready to take that step. And it was at that conference where um, the Red Skelton, I would encourage everybody to look up Red Skelton um, Pledge of Allegiance. I, I wasn't really familiar with Red Skelton at all. Um, so this video was played of Red Skelton and um, at the, uh, he says the Pledge of Allegiance. And um, I was kind of shocked with myself while I was watching this video, I'm kind of glad that everyone had their eyes on the screen at my table because I kind of became emotional. It was very, it was very shocking. It was like, wow, I, I think I get it. You know, um, I, it was just seeing that video made me realize what it means to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And so I, um, I went home and I showed the video to my husband and he was like, really, <laughs> this is, you know, I've been, we've been talking about becoming a, uh, a citizen and, and uh, you know, this is red watching a red skeleton video did it for you, whatever. So, um, so I said, I think it's time. I really, I think I get it. I'm ready because, and a lot of it was um, after watching the video, everybody stood and said the Pledge of Allegiance. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to say this. I want to be able to, I want to be able to say this as a citizen. And that's, that was really the turning point for me. It was, it's strange that that video did it for me. And, um, but that's what happened. So I came home and, and started thinking about the process, which um, took me several months um, there's, you know, you have to do your application and um, and background checks and numerous documents. I had to make um, a few visits to the Immigration and Naturalization Department in Charlotte. Um, you know, they need to make sure that you're not a threat to national security. And, and then once they've decided that you kind of have passed those few levels, then you can... Um, you get ready for the citizenship test. And so you're given a, um, a, a naturalization test study, study guide. And um, it, um, the test is given verbally. And so you need to be prepared for it. And so they give you 
this study guide, and it has um, the the test has three portions. Um, it has the uh, American government, which which talks about the principles of American democracy, the system of government, and rights and responsibilities. And then there's an American history portion, which starts with the colonial period and independence, the 1800s and recent American history and historical information. And then there's an integrated civics portion, and that's um, geography and symbols and, and holidays. And so you're provided with this study guide, and it has paragraph explanations to exactly 100 questions that you could be asked when you take this test. And on the day of the test, you um, you could be asked up to 10 of those possible 100 questions and you have to get six correct pass. So you need to be prepared for any 100. You don't know what you're going to be um, asked. So when you look at the content of this citizenship study guide that I was given, um, as a as a core knowledge um, teacher, and especially as a fourth grade, because I was te- I taught fourth grade core knowledge, social studies for many years at Brevard Academy, I started noticing the connection between the questions that were being asked and the content of core knowledge. And I thought, well, I'll just kind of have a quick look and just take a little data just out of interest. And I um worked out that 74 out of the possible 100 questions that you could be asked on your citizenship, 74 of them could be answered just using the fourth grade core knowledge social studies curriculum, which was amazing. I thought, oh, how lucky I know this. (laughs) You know, I've been teaching this, um, teaching this for so long, and now I'm going to be tested on it. So I thought that was... (laughs) I was really lucky with that, but it also just reminded me how powerful the um, core knowledge curriculum is. Um, So when you look at the content of the citizenship test and what the American government feels like a citizen should know and understand, it's mirroring the social study objectives of the core knowledge curriculum. So, for example, if you look at the core knowledge sequence, every grade offers students an opportunity to understand the principles of American democracy and the rights and responsibilities of U.S. citizenship. Like, um, for example, beginning in kindergarten, students are learning about former presidents and American symbols and the meaning of democracy. And in second grade, they're exploring the constitution and they're answering the question, what is what is government? And then again, in fourth grade, they're delving into ideas behind the Declaration of Independence and they're examining every part of the constitution and the levels and functions of government. And then, you know, it, it's continuing on to middle school. So um, I think part of that... Um, Part of a speech that I made about my journey with, into citizenship was recognizing that, you know, we're part of, I've become a citizen where I live in a country where the government is saying, this is all the people, by the people, and for the people. So we influence our government. We are very fortunate that we live in a country where our people influence our government. And unless you understand, 
American government and the rights and responsibilities of citizenship, how can you possibly be a part of that? So, um, so understanding the values of our government is going to allow you to better understand the, the issues that are publicly out there, and it should motivate you to become a more involved citizen. And I think um, anyone that is taking that test is ultimately educating themselves um, so that they be can become a more involved citizen. So, um, so core, by teaching that core knowledge, we are ultimately producing a better citizen because um, you're, you're having to learn about the government that you are now going to be a part of. When I, um, one of my greatest achievements after passing my citizenship and taking that oath of allegiance um, and that was absolutely one of my the proudest moments of my life was um, taking after taking the oath of allegiance. Everyone stood and we said the pledge, and taking saying the pledge. And I get emotional about it now, just thinking about it. Taking the pledge for the first time was uh, was incredible. It makes you feel like a new person, really. Um, I felt proud and I felt privileged that I'd earn new rights and responsibilities of a country that I have said, I'm going to live in this country. This is where I'm going to end my journey. This is where I'm going to raise my family. Um, you know, I have responsibilities as a citizen now of this country. So I think, um, I think the important thing that for me this experience was, was seeing that the Pledge of Allegiance shouldn't just be part of your routine that we do as educators every day. You don't want to lose its meaning and you don't want to let your students um, lose the meaning of what saying that Pledge of Allegiance means. Um, it's, such, it's such a privilege. And along with that comes responsibilities. We need to be aware of our rights and our responsibilities as a citizen. And um, becoming an American citizen made me want to become a better citizen in my community um, and model that for my students, definitely. Um, but, you know, teaching core knowledge all that time as well made me realise that um, students of the core knowledge curriculum are ultimately becoming better citizens because they're becoming more knowledgeable of how their government works and um, ultimately that you can be, it's, you know, how can you expect someone to um, be a part of their community and make a difference in their community um, if they do not understand how their community is working and how their government is working. And so by teaching core knowledge, that's what we're really doing with our students. They are more knowledgeable of how their government works and where their country has come from, what the journey 
um, their ancestors have made uh, or the ancestors of this country, what the journey that those have made, those people have made, and appreciating that by learning that core knowledge, social studies curriculum, they're appreciating that and becoming what I think are um, more valuable citizens, absolutely. I, well, I get emotional hearing your story again. I mean, it. I remember when you gave your speech, I mean, people were, we were, we were all really emotional and just drawn into this. Um, but I love that you talked about the importance of the core knowledge curriculum, building this next generation of American citizens, because we're pretty balanced. We show the good and the bad. And yeah. you, you, you know about the history, where we came from, but how we can overcome that and the changes, the positive changes that students can make with this background knowledge so that they can go forth and become a better citizen, a well-informed citizen um, right. of everything, um, the positive, the negative, and then how our government works um, and being able to work within that system. I, I absolutely, I agree. I mean, a, it, a citizen who's going to make a difference in their community needs to be a well-informed citizen. You need to, like you said, you need to understand the good and the bad and, and make your decisions on based on um, what you believe. And, um, you know, we have, we have choices in our country and, um, and students need to understand that's part of the democracy. That's the, that's the great, great thing you know we we're very lucky to be here absolutely well thank you so much lisa for sharing your story um i hope that our listeners can also share this story with their students as well so that they can gain a better understanding of someone who came um here and decided on their own um that they wanted to become a citizen of our country you're welcome. It's a joy to, to share it. And definitely I would recommend um, find that Red Skelton Pledge of Allegiance video, definitely, um, and enjoy it. Enjoy that. Yeah. Thanks.